I felt so sad that all that had happened put you in a place of putting those walls up around me. Like that, that was the grief was like, like crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know that you don't like to live that way and that you don't like to be that way. And so to see you like that and to know that like things that I did or didn't do created that it, it was just, it, it was so awful. And yet it was in this moment of opportunity to clear up this confusion and name the hurt and understand what had happened. And I mean, that's what propelled me and kept me there Yeah, was this hope that like, maybe like, wow, this does feel like we just locked back in. Like maybe, maybe we can come to an understanding and like, that's kind of what ended up happening. Welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast. Your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 welcome to episode 148 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. How is it fucking going, my loves? Um, We are almost fucking done Pride, which is fucking wild. Uh, How is it June 23rd? What's that? Is that the day it is today? Yeah, June 23rd. Um, If you're listening to this in real time, uh, if you're also listening to this in real time and you happen to live in one of the cities like I do that is going full force into pride this coming weekend. Um, just, I hope that you have the most incredible time and that you stay safe and well, and that you, uh, celebrate and, or navigate the weekend in the way that feels most aligned for you and where you are in your journey, no matter where that is, no matter where you are in your timeline. Um, and if you are not a queer person and are going to pride as an ally or celebrating in your own way, um, with your friends that are queer, um, you know, send us a little, a little coffee via Venmo, um, celebrating our queer selves or, um, or uh, watch some fun queer movies. Uh, you know, there's a shit ton of really great shit out there. And uh, be that ally. <laughs> What's that TikTok? Ally. <laughs> it always cracks me up so much. Um, anyways, today's episode whew, is honestly one I wasn't sure would or could ever happen. Um, and I'm not really going to share a lot heading into it. Um but I do want to give a little bit of a, of a caveat, well, not a caveat, but just like a, a share um, beforehand because this conversation, there have been a lot of really like vulnerable sit down shares, you know, on this podcast over the years. I mean, we've been, we've been rocking unexpected conversations from the moment I, I started this podcast where I started talking about, you know, very unexpectedly got, uh, found out that I was positive for the BRCA gene. However many fucking years ago now, four and a half years ago when we started this podcast. Um, and usually, uh, you know, the vulnerable truth talks tend to happen on my solo episodes. And obviously they also, 
you know, beautifully happen um, for my own self at, at times in the context of conversations um, with the incredible guests that I've had on over the years. Um, but often those, and as they should be, in my opinion, those those episodes are so centered on that person's experience and um, and the wisdom and incredible uh you know, shit that that person has to offer, to share and all of the goods. Um, and it's why I, I love conversations. Um, it's, it's really what I started this podcast for back in the day was to have, you know, conscious conversation about shit that we don't talk about, taboo shit that is swept under the rug and considered, you know, outside of the box. And I'm so glad that we're moving the needle forward on that. Um, and today's episode feels, uh, both moving the needle forward on some things that I know I feel is still really not talked about and I felt very alone in my own experience navigating uh, friend breakups or platonic intimacy um, and all of the nuances that go into that. We, um, as a society, highlight romantic love and sexual uh, love, I guess, you know, those aren't necessarily, um, (laughs) codependent with one another. (laughs) That's not exactly what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, that's what's highlighted, right? That's what's put on the pedestal and, um, platonic intimacy isn't in the same way. And, uh, today we're opening the curtain on that and doing it in a way that feels really scary, to be honest. Um, but um, as you know, we dive into fear fucking headfirst in this space. Um, and on the podcast today is, if you've been around these parts for a while, you'll you'll know um, who this is. Um, um, but if you haven't, you might not, um, because she and I have had a wild ride. Um, and the amazing Rachel Wright, um, who you might know um, as the incredible psychotherapist and sex educator um, in this world. And if you've been around these parts for a while, you know that um, we've had an incredibly close relationship since 2018. And um, she's been one of my dearest friends, um, c- collaborators in many ways. And um, for a chunk of time, a pretty significant chunk of time, um, we were business partners and ran group programs together for a couple of years um, that I'm incredibly proud of. Um and I'm also really proud of our friendship. Um, you know, when you meet someone and you can't explain it, but you just know that you're meant to know them, like there's a soul connection, call it kindred spirits, call it soulmate, whatever it is, like whatever word fucking resonates with you, you're just meant to meet. Um, and I knew that with Rach, um, when, as soon as we met, um, and really, we, we met actually podcast recordings. Um, she had a podcast at the time that I, I came on as a guest, and uh, she was one of the earliest guests I had. I think it was like one of the first 10 episodes that she came on with um, with her partner. Um, and um, at the time, they were also business partners. Um, and, you know, we very quickly um, developed a relationship that was really partners in, in almost every way, sense of the word. Platonic partners, but partners. Um, we were each other's lifeline and person on all things coming out as bi and pan, queer, you know, whatever, um, on all things non-monogamy and truly just everything in life. Um, and what you don't know is that um, we didn't talk for almost an entire year, uh, no contact. And um, today, uh, a, a little after six months, after we began the process of repairing our relationship, um, And in today's episode, um, we sit down for an extended conversation about what really happened, 
um, about the, you know, ins and outs of relationships um, that are kind of non-traditional in the sense of uh, platonic life partners and um, how also conflict and life exists within the context of that. Um, and really where we are today, both in our relationship together, um, and also in our individual selves as queer non-monogamous folks. Um, we really get into a lot of shit. I mean, we get into the nitty gritty, um, on the first time we met up after, uh, in person, after a long, uh, year of no contact. Um, we talk about the intense grief that comes with losing a friendship and, uh, the fear and anxiety around attempting to rekindle it or wanting to do that. Um, we talk about codependency in platonic relationships. Um, we talk about uh, all sorts of stuff within the context of us. And then we also, you know, share about where we are in, in you know, in honor of this being Pride Month. You know, to me, the queer community represents so much more than simply our identities, right? It is about community at its deepest sense and platonic intimacy is such a staple of queer community and queer culture and it's why a big part of why I so deeply identify um, as queer Um, and um, we talk about that and so much more around our identities within queerness within our non-traditional relationship you know non-monogamous identities now um, versus where it was when we first um, shared about this um, you know back in the podcast back in the day Um, you know we talk about how Rach's relationship um, and her her center central relationships in her life or her non-platonic relationships has evolved deeply in the last um, two years. And we also, you know, get into the nitty gritty around all things like queer crushes, butt plugs, polyamorous breakups, play parties, all things relationship anarchar- anarchy and our car. Oh, Amanda, are you creating a new, new word? Um, and beyond. And um, it's a really, uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this conversation. It was really healing for me. And I know that Rach um, felt the same way. And I hope that hearing this episode just gives you the space to, um, uh, I don't know, move, move, uh, within your own platonic relationships, um, or give space for platonic intimacy in a way that maybe you hadn't thought could exist or whatever, whatever you need to take from it. I hope that it, um, serves you well and serves your heart well. Um, because yeah, friendships are really, really so important. And, um, especially ones that um, mean the world to us. And uh, there can be a lot that exists within the context of that. And friend breakups and friends conflict can frankly be more debilitating. And I've heard a lot of people say this recently than, you know, romantic breakups. And I know I felt that way. Um, and maybe you do too. And um, otherwise, if you're just here for all of the queer non-monogamous, you know, uh, goodies um, and anecdotes, uh, get ready because we go hard as we always do. Um, and with that, I will let us get to today's episode. So without further ado, here we go. Did you exit the whole thing and it still get went like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Fuck Instagram. Fuck the world. Fuck the world. Truly. Hi, it's good to see your face too. <laughs> wait, are you oh also my- wearing? Oh, no, you're not. I was like, wait, if you're also in rainbow gear, this is like. I mean, kind of. 
this is my I'm wearing my full my boobs like look really intense at this angle but like they look like like a uniboob like a massive cyclops like a little the center of my (laughs) (laughs) but no I'm wearing like Uh. the coziest of track suits all for this episode but mostly for me because I'm on day two of my period and (laughs) honestly taking a podcast episode from bed is like everything good in this world it's fantastic I uh this is like the one day this week that I'm not filming or out of the house so I was Mm. like I am not putting on makeup I'm not washing my hair true I am just here just chilling and we get to talk for like an hour and a half about all the goods that like I just feel like this episode is like honestly it's just mostly like I wanted to do this with you anyways just to chat and catch up and like I feel like have a conversation about all of the places we are now versus like what was I don't even remember I think it was like episode 65 when you came on and talked about how fluid is sexuality anyways and something like that here it was Hold when on, let me google it I'm pretty sure that's what it was the 65 and um and I'm like uh, when I think back to the people we were then and like what our friendship was like then versus now and I don't know mm-hmm. and also just like was that because that was a podcast where you came out publicly right yeah yeah and like not on purpose yeah (laughs) I know we halfway through the episode you were like all right I'm doing this and I was like yeah I guess you're doing this hey it's episode 64 oh 64 I was close very close thank you for we'll put that in the show notes for you guys if you want to if you have not been around for as long as that but yeah Yeah, not intentional I remember being like oh those words are out now Yeah. I was so yeah. proud of you. Thanks. I, yeah. That was, yeah. You helped me so much then that that was like, <sighs> and now look at me posting pictures oh. from my boudoir shoot about I know. and polyamorous and seeing <gasps> clients amazing. at a sex party. It's so amazing. And like, also look at us now. And like, I know, I know. there's so much to unpack. So like, I don't even know because this whole episode, like really my goal and what I want to chat about and why I wanted to have you on specifically to have this conversation is because you are one of my dearest friends or we've like called each other platonic life partners since we basically met each other. Um, That's true. And I would say that that feels more true now than it ever has for a lot of reasons, which I know we'll get into some of them. Um, But also like, you know, since that episode came out and also since we've just like evolved so much in the last few years, the, I, I, I look back and think about like our versions and how we felt in our sexualities then both like, cause we were so like kind of on similar trajectories. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I came out like publicly six months before you on like both things. And, but we were like behind the scenes talking about all of these things so, so, so much. And you were the only person And in many ways are still one of the only people in my life that I'm really close to that understands the nuanced lived experience of all of my marginalized identities, like as a queer person, as a non-monogamous person, also as a a Jewish person, Mm -hmm. like I I don't have anyone in my life 
who identifies that way and, and lives life that way. And like, as unapologetically <laughs> and like, frankly, kind of scarily authentically as we both do. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Um, but I don't know. I think like a lot of people that I speak to are always like feeling like they have to just like figure out their queerness so quickly or like understand all of the nuance of what that identity means to them like and off the bat I know I felt that pressure and so and I just thought it could I did be too. yeah well for real and like you were even aware of your identity like way before I was oh yeah I mean yeah. I, literally like I hooked up with a girl when I was 15 and a half yeah yeah and I had those relationships too with people but it was never like sexual or like what society has like deemed into as intimacy right yeah. it's like what I would qualify as intimacy but it's platonic intimacy but even then it's like I cuddled my friend like some people wouldn't consider that platonic intimacy I do right right and so to I me it depends on the person normal. it's like mm-hmm. there are people that I'd cuddle that I would not consider platonic and then there are people that I would cuddle that I absolutely would consider platonic I think that's why like I used to get yeah. the you're flirting with that person a lot what from mm. partners. Cause like, to me, I knew what my intent was and like, if there was intent to flirt or not, but like mm. they didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Cause like, I think back to some of my earliest friendships and with women and like, yeah, there was so much intimacy there. And at the time, like I, I didn't acknowledge it as anything beyond a friendship. And now like looking back, it's so bizarre to, to do that because I've obviously like, they live in such a specific way in my mind. And also if I really dig into it, like I have been in love with all of my friends. Like that is just the truth of the matter. Like if you have been in my life in a significant way, I have fallen madly deeply in love with you. Like, it's just how I personally live. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I just like, I want to absorb everything about this person. I just want to like soak into you and just like get to know what makes your heart tick and like how I can be there for you and just like love you so fucking hard and whatever our relationship looks like, it doesn't matter because you're just important to me, you know? And that's been true of like all of my soul people, you know, you included. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. I just, yeah. Okay. So like, I know you had mentioned like for this conversation before we even get into stuff that it might be important. And I totally agree with you to like, kind of unpack a little bit about like how our relationship has, has transpired. And like the fact that we didn't talk for, what was it like a year? Was it almost a, a year, almost yeah. a whole entire year, um, which was really odd and probably strange for like anyone who may have worked with us because we worked together a lot, you know, before, that year went down and, um, like we're business partners in a lot of spaces and, um, yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to (laughs) like, do you want to start there? That was, this was your, your idea, right? Yeah, we can start there. (laughs) Well, okay. First of all, let me ask you, is there anything that you don't want to talk about on here today? Oh, great question. Asking for consent always. I love yes. it. Um, modeling for the, for the, for the folks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like, you know, keeping things like very as authentic as they 
can be with it without like getting into our deep privacy personal lives. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Which um, I'm pretty sure we both know yeah. what the basis of those are because we've had many offline conversations about that. Um, but true. also if anything happens that either of us is uncomfortable with, we can always edit it out. But okay. I don't tend to edit things, but I can always do that. Cool. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with it. I know. I, I, know. I guess like, well, we don't have to even get into like the nitty gritty of it as much no. to say that, like, I think, I don't know. It's relationships are not simple. No. And they're not linear. Like, yeah. I, I think something that I learned here, this is where we can start something that I learned from the experience of our like hiatus of relationship was that relationships are not just not linear, but they're sometimes breaks and that that doesn't have to mean anything bad. Like it can be, it's painful as fuck yeah, and it can yeah. feel icky and uncomfortable and awkward and all of the things that like would be considered quote unquote negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to talk about them as like the more uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. The ones um, that maybe don't feel as nice in our bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I went through all of those. Um, and like, I feel closer to you now in so many ways than before. And it almost reminds me of like, so when I work with couples, there's this assumption that if there's a lot of conflict, that something is wrong. Yeah. And I find myself repeating over and over again, like, it's not about the amount of conflict or the presence of conflict. It's about what you do with it. And you can actually wind up being closer afterwards than you were before. Like you learn so many things when you're in those uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think that as painful as that time period was for so many reasons, your absence in my life being one of them, um, I feel closer to you now and I understand you more now. I understand me more now. Yeah. Um, and our relationship and yeah, it's, I think that for a really long time, especially with platonic relationships, um, AKA friendships. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought that, you know, if there was a break that that meant something negative. Um, cause I think with, you know, romantic relationships, we tend to like when they're done, they're done. Usually not to say you can't get back together, That mm -hmm. obviously that happens all the time. But often when they're done, they're done. Like yeah. you've tried everything you can and they're done. But with, and I think I applied that same logic to platonic relationships, which is interesting looking at, you know, friendships that um, I no longer have. And like, what if I had viewed this, these times as more of a, a break versus a break up? Mm. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, I'm rambling. No, I just, it's so interesting. Cause I think we have very different perspectives about the same thing and which makes sense. Cause we're very like, we're different. We're in some ways we're so similar, but in other ways we're so different. Yeah. yeah. And like, I saw it as a breakup a hundred percent, you know, oh, I did too. 
Yeah. It wasn't until afterwards that this is, this is all in hindsight. Let me be clear. I, yeah, no, no, it, no. But, yeah. but I mean, even like, even thinking about it, like looking back for me, like my, so like for, for, for context, y'all, like I was in New York in the fall visiting one of my really dear friends who was getting engaged. And I hadn't been able to see, and Rachel and I developed our relationship. If you're kind of new to like, you know, our world together, which many of you probably are, um, we met online through Instagram, through podcast recordings. Like I was on your podcast back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, when I lived in Denver, it was 2017 when we met. Yeah. And we didn't meet in person until the fall of 2018. And really our relationship was just like kind of catapulted mm-hmm. very much, frankly, very much like new relationship energy. Like <laughs> it was, it was like a lot really fast, really quick. And we also then became business partners in 2019 mm-hmm. and in 2020. So we like ran group programs together for multiple years. In addition to having just like a, like a codependent friendship, I would say at times, like for, for sure. sure. Um, which, you know, given that again, like I said earlier, you were like the only person in my life that like understood polyamorous dynamics, understood like coming into queerness later in life. And like, I didn't know what the fuck to do with like <laughs> other Volvo owners. I was like, what, where do I put my mouth, Rachel? Like, <laughs> uh, do I get a strap on? Help me. You know, and it was just like, we, but we were having these conversations together and we were yeah. both figuring it out together. And frankly, like from the outside, it probably looked like me, you and Kyle were in a, like a throuple or a triad. To, for to sure. <laughs> for sure. I think a lot of people thought that uh, truly. Is, and like, I mean, well, I, and I guess to a certain degree, like when you are like, I consider you like a partner in many ways. And there's never been like, you know, whatever that piece of our relationship, but that doesn't negate the significance. Right. And so the intimacy, like, right. I mean, you knew everything about everything like, and same, like y'all, when I say everything, I mean like (laughs) everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and like, there's something about having a person that you can talk to about those things and it like, and feel no shame around it. Yeah. Like where you feel safe to like, talk about like things going up buttholes and like, <laughs> which butt plug should I buy today? Or, <laughs> or, or crushes like, that drive you uh, literally yeah. insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sending screenshots of like dating <laughs> apps, <laughs> being like, am I crazy for wanting this? <laughs> or even you know, getting, you know, at that point, like it, now I have three primary partners and at that point I had one primary partner and I didn't like you, I didn't have other non-monogamous friends. And yeah. so you know, my, my partner at the time was like still trying to navigate his own feelings that were coming up of like jealousy and all of these things that like are even more present at the beginning than they are as you can, you know, continue on the journey. Um, and so the last thing I wanted to do was to bring those things to him and be like, look at how excited I am. And look at this hot person I see online. And so it was, it really was. It was like, you were my other partner that I was going to, to show. Mm -hmm. And I felt such compersion for you when you would go Mm -hmm. out and like meet Pete, you know, it was, it really, it felt that way. Same. Yeah. Same. And like, I also would say that like, 
we didn't really navigate a lot of conflict in our relationship. Like none. And I think that's why when that started to happen, and also it was in the context of so many other things happening in our personal lives. Yep. Um, that it led to the like rift that existed with us. And we both had like really, and I don't want to of course speak for you, but we've obviously talked so much about this, but like we both had such hurt feelings, so much, I would say like confusion Mm -hmm. at the center of it. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, you know, what I was coming back like full circle to what you were saying before the reason when I, when I was in New York, I like reached out and I just sent Rach a text. I like checked in with myself two days into the trip. And I was like, I'm going to see how I feel once I'm there. And if I'm open to it and I checked in with myself and I was like, no, you are, you are open to it. And you are going to release expectations to whatever you receive. It's like literally what I said to myself. And I was like, I'm just going to send her a text and say, I'm in New York. I have these couple of afternoons available. If you would want to get coffee, like I'm just giving you an olive branch. It would be really nice to see you. No hard feelings. If not. Um, and, and I was doing this completely terrified, like, <laughs> like terrified at what was, cause I had no, idea, cause we had not spoken, like truly no. had not spoken, interacted. And I was still had a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of like confusion, a lot of stuff happening. And I was like, I don't even know if this is going to go well. Like, am I just setting myself up to be hurt all over again and to feel mm-hmm. the like depth of the breakup all over again? But yeah. I don't know, like my, I have always been this way. And I, sometimes I think it's like my super, it's like my superpower and my kryptonite all at once, I think. But like, I am a person that for better or for fucking worse, when I love somebody, like, and I mean, love somebody, which I love you and like knew that I was going to love you from the moment, like we started talking, like, I just have an open space in my heart and like people who were out of my life for like, like my ex was out of my life for eight years. Like we reconnected and now he's one of my closest friends, you know? And like, I just, unless like somebody has been genuinely like abusive, downright awful to like forever for me, like, it's just not part of my DNA to like not hold space for that opening. And again, sometimes it's my kryptonite. Well, and for context, just for anybody who's like tracking timeline, because I know I'm that person that's like, but how long was that? So we, the last time we spoke was like end of November, beginning of December of 2020. And then this was fall. I think yeah, it was, was like, it, oct- it was like October, early November, 2021, maybe late October. I don't fucking remember. I think yeah. it was early November, but anyways. Yeah. So almost a year. Yeah. And I remember receiving this text. Like I remember where I was sitting. I remember who was around me. I like, it's so visceral in my body. And I received this text and you know, when you look at your phone very casually to like check notifications and like someone's name is there that you did not expect to be there. That used to be there all the time. And then uh-huh. it's like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that's... your name and my stomach jumped up into my chest and throat. And I was like, mm. Oh my God. <laughs> and I literally said out loud, I, 
two of my partners were sitting on the couch with me and I was like, Amanda texted me, Amanda texted me. Amanda. Like I, I like started, I was like a little kid. Like I didn't know it was like fear and excitement and also more fear. And, you know, for all I knew, mm-hmm. I was going to open this message that was like, I just want you to know, like, go fuck yourself. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like, not that I think you would ever say those words, but like, I didn't yeah. know it was on the yeah. other end. Yeah. Cause you're scared. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, also you built up like all of these things in your head about something. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Well, and that like, to speak to what you were saying about the confusion piece, like one of the biggest things that I think we, built, and again, I don't want to speak for you either. So tell me if this is off. Um, but one of the <laughs> I things <will. laughs> I think we you know both I <laughs> figured out was that like, there was a lot of missing information yeah. that led to this, this rift, this, um, the separation. And so the confusion continued and manifested into fear. And the fear that I felt when I saw that text was equally matched with optimism and hope that it was something. Yeah. And it's interesting now looking back, cause I think like intuitively I kind of knew like if she's reaching out, there has to be some reason like, yeah, you're well, not yeah, the type of person knew- <laughs> to just be like, PS, I hate you. Like I, out of the blue. Um, so I, I opened it up and it, it said what it said. And you know, it, it Anyone who knows me knows that my calendar is fucking insane, Um, especially during the week. I tend to book myself pretty much back to back on weekdays. Just a Um, little bit. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. And here Amanda is giving me these afternoon options in the middle of the week, like with a couple days notice. And my reaction almost immediately was like, yeah, I'm going to clear whatever I have to clear. I'm going to go. And I had to pause and ask myself the question that you asked yourself, which is, am I open to this? And I thought it was so interesting that before I got to, are you open to this? I was like, yeah, I'm canceling this. I'm going like my Mm -hmm. instinct jumped first to go, which is what informed me that I was absolutely not only open to it, but thrilled. Um, And then that thrill turned into utter anxiety. And I mean, yeah, I we were both driving, so anxious. <laughs> so anxious. I remember yeah. driving to you and like my hands were sweaty on the steering wheel. And I was like, I should not have driven here. Like, what was <laughs> I thinking? This was well, then you went, you went to hug me. You went to hug me and I was shocked. I remember feeling like, oh, she wants to hug me. I did not expect that, you know, like, <sighs> yeah. 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 And it's like, it which was of course, like our relationship me. is like, so like, like very cuddle focused. Like if if anyone's ever seen us in like in public, in private, like we are just like very snuggly humans together. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was so, it was so wild and it felt so good to see you. And yet there was so much that I knew had to be talked about. And it was like one of those moments, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this of like, can we just pretend that the last like <laughs> X amount of time didn't happen and like press play again? Like, can we go back and like, I'm going to date myself here, but like tape over the tape. Yeah. yeah. Like my God, all yeah. I wanted to do was like click rewind and pretend that that pause never happened. And then and I just... didn't let you do that. <laughs> no, <me. laughs> not at all. And, and, 
I mean, there's no way that I could have actually done that. Like, I can't leave things unsaid. It makes me have panic attacks. (laughs) It's like, I can't even be in a room with something that's not being said, let alone sit across from you for, and then be friends for years and years and never talk about this. Yeah. Like, we sat, never, (laughs) we sat and like, well, we got bagels and we like, of course, I hope someone can relate to this, but like, you know, when you know, you have to have a heavy conversation and you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to get food or coffee first. So then you're in line and you're like, what the fuck do we talk about? Oh my God. It was so awkward. We were like, and we were like oh, in line. bagels. Do you like tomato? <laughs> do you want a tomato? Oh, look at that. Look at that latte. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what it was like. Wow. It's so expensive here. Like, I- <laughs> Because you don't want to start into this heavy thing and then be like, oh, <laughs> let's pause. Hey, can I have a toasted bagel with locks and cream? Like, it's just. Like... <laughs> so, yeah, we yeah, got our, and our coffee also, and bagels. I just want to say that my experience of that moment was also just like, it felt like we locked back in. Yeah. Like, yes, it was like, yeah. there's all this underlying thing. And also it almost felt like no time had passed at all, which freaked me out. Yes. Um especially because we'd also been to that bagel place together before in New York. Mm-hmm. And so there was something about like mm-hmm. having revisited. I don't know. It was just like, yeah. Oh, like this, there's, and the familiar, whatever the fuck the word is that I'm looking familiarity. for. Familiarity. Thank you. <laughs> you um, got it. <laughs> I'm, it just, it felt like I was like, okay. And my guard was still up. You, you can, and frankly, oh, in some I ways, feel like, that. yeah, my, my walls were up and like, I would say that like, we're still unraveling stuff and like, we need to mm-hmm. get together in person to like, f- yes. I think fully feel like du- dunked back in. Yeah. If that's, yeah. you know, I don't know. That's like the, the analogy fully that immersed. right for me in the morning. Yeah. Immersed. And also like, I don't know. I just immediately softened. Yeah. I, I, I felt your walls up and what, what was so interesting about that experience for me is that I had never experienced you with your walls up. You know, I think for a lot of people, when you first meet or getting to know someone, their wall is kind of up and like you just, it takes time. And then you get to the point where it's down and like, yeah, that's not you. And we clicked so fast when we first met that this was the first time that I had ever experienced I had seen you with other people having your wall up, but I had never experienced it towards me. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, I cried, like I, yeah, we sat down to talk and it was like, not only was I, I felt so many different emotions. I, I was grateful to be there. It was so good to see you. I was fucking terrified of talking through what I knew we needed to talk through. Um, and it, I felt so sad that all that had happened put you in a place of putting those walls up around me like that that was the grief was like like crying right now (laughs) (laughs) like I know that you don't like to live that way and that you don't like to be that way and so to see you like that and to know that like things that I did or didn't do created that it it was just it it was so awful and yet it was in this moment of opportunity to 
clear up this confusion and name the hurt and understand what had happened. And I think, I mean, that's what propelled me and kept me there was this hope that like, maybe like, wow, this does feel like we just locked back in. Like maybe, maybe we can come to an understanding and like, that's kind of what ended up happening. Yeah. And it took, definitely took time, like post that conversation, but I don't know if I told you this, I don't think I did, you know, (laughs) but I've never in my 31 years living on this earth had someone have the courage who like, I felt really hurt by and that then ended like caused caused a rift in the Mm -hmm. relationship. Have somebody have the courage to come to me and say like, and take accountability and like say, I'm sorry. And like show up genuinely. I'm always the person leading that way. You know, like I'm always the person trying to mend and trying to like make the rift. Yeah. And I remember leaving our time together in person before we inevitably started, you know, slowly like talking on the phone again and like texting. And again, like that's been like six months of like rebuilding, Mm -hmm. but you gave me such a gift just by showing up that way because it truly like it it's getting so emotional but like you you truly showed me what is possible when it comes to meeting someone you know and meeting me in the way that I didn't know anyone could ever meet me back because I've never been shown that people can, like, I'm always the person leading and to have you do that. Like it was, it truly healed something so much in me just by you showing up, even if our relationship had decided like not ended up like, yeah, you know, repairing in the way it has. And like, it was a gift in and of itself, the way that you showed up to that conversation. Um, and just the way that you showed up with me, um, so I don't think I've told you that. And thank you. Um, I, yeah, I love you. I love you too. Okay. So we're going to take a quick, tiny intermission, uh, before we get back to the rest of this conversation, which I hope you are all just riveted around the same way that I am, um, to continue in honor of pride. I wanted to share with you all, um, some incredible companies and products, um, that I have discount codes for you all, um, that you could get access to as a way to treat yourself, um, and celebrate your own coming into your sexuality and exploration within yourself. Um, this is geared more specifically, um, towards vulva owners, but really, um, can be used in any partnership dynamic with both of these things. Um, and if you got a butthole, which we all do, um, you're going to want to stick around, um, for the second one, but I've been using these products for a while and love both Dame and my laurels. Um, so, so, so much um, within my own sexual exploration, both with myself and also with partners. And um, I'm just so excited to share them with you and wanted to give you the opportunity to treat yourself if it felt good and also um, as a way to support the podcast. 
and me and all of the free work that I do, um, if my Patreon, um, which is always an option, isn't accessible to you, um, or you know, working with me in a more one-on-one capacity isn't um, as accessible to you, this could be a way to, you know, give yourself back something. Um, Pride for me is like Christmas, um, and so I'm always all about that shit, um, as well as. Um, you know, give back to, to me and to the pod, um, in the process. So it really is such a beautiful win-win for all of the above. And these companies are incredible. So the first one is called Dame. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they are a sex toy company that is so beautiful, like aesthetically so pleasing, but also the toys are actually in fucking credible. Um, and I, I just love that they focus so deeply on making these for the specific pleasure of vulva owners um, because there just isn't another company like that out there. And the folks behind the company are incredible. Um, I just really, really, really support them and their values. And I have loved playing with these toys. Um, Two of my personal favorites, which shocked me because normally I'm very much for like a personally, I really like um, more like pulsing, um, Slut, like the sucking component, um, clitoral, uh, you know, air, pulsy, whatever they're called. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I'm not a sex educator. Um, um, vibrators, um, which I don't even call them a vibrator because they're not really vibrating, right? But um, the suction toys, you know what I'm talking about. And their suction toy air is incredible. Um, but I have been so shocked at how much I love more of the vibes-oriented toys. Usually I find them to be just like either too much or not enough for my personal pleasure and also um, not something that I find as supportive in my dynamic and play with partners. Um, and I really, really like um, two of their products in particular. The first one's called the Eva, um, and it's a wearable uh, couple's vibe for hands-free fun. Um, I personally really love it alongside of penetrative play, whether that's with a strap-on or um, or you know a, a good old dick um, if you if you have access to one of those, um, or even just for yourself um, as a self pleasuring way you can you know use use a dildo alongside of it. It's super super great. Um, and then the other one that I really love personally for more self pleasure stuff, but it definitely could be used alongside of um, partnership play as well, um, is the Palm. Um, I was so shocked at how much I love this product because it's just not, like I said, they're just not typically, the vibes are just not typically my, my jam. It doesn't usually get me off as well. Um, but holy damn, um, such a beautiful thing. And they have, um, been so beautiful to support me and work together, um, and collab. And, um, you can use the code Amanda 10, A-M-A-N-D-A 10. That's Amanda 10. Um, for discounts and, um, or if you just want to go to the link, um, in the show notes, um, or in any of my bios, um, on my platforms, you can also just snag it there and check out and see which one like vibes more for you. Um, but then I always like sharing the things that I like. I like hearing other people's perspectives on that too. And those are definitely my top favorites. Again, the code is Amanda 10 for Dame. The second one I want to share with you all is truly like Uh, it's one of the most life-changing things on the market in my opinion for sexual health and it's called my laurels um it is truly (laughs) oh it just makes me so happy so laurels are the world's first single use latex undies designed specifically for oral sex rimming and more 
they're super stretchy and ultra thin so you can still have the sensation that you want and even finger penetration um but they prevent skin-to-skin contact and fluid transfer while maximizing pleasure comfort and fun um it's basically what i've been wanting for a vulva owner who also um, has sex with other vulva owners um like really just wanting uh something that's not like uh you know very uh I don't know, clinical feeling dental dam, which is what they are, or having to like cut a condom up um, to like, you know, make that an accessible um, and pleasure filled way where you can practice safer sex practices. And this is just a really beautiful, beautiful alternative that makes you feel actually sexy um, in the process. Um, I have gifted these to all of my partners, um, whether, you know, they're penis owners or not. You can also use it for butt play, um, all sorts of stuff. It's just a really great time and a beautiful, beautiful thing to have in your tool in your toolkit. Um, and so if you are either a vulva owner or you have sex with vulva owners or you um, know that you really like butt play um, and want to participate in that, like I carry them as much as I carry condoms. Um, so definitely check them out. Um, again, it's my laurels um, and the code is Amanda10 for this one too. Amanda10. Um, and again, the link for that is also in my show, show notes um, and all of my socials. Um, and treat yourself, practice safer sex practices, get those vibes going. Um, you deserve it. And, um, and I, I so appreciate the support, um, in the process by using these codes. It really does, um, make such a difference, um, in my world. And, um, I'm just so thrilled to get to share these incredible companies with incredible female founders, um, behind and queer folks behind, um, the scenes, um, because it's just, truly like such a gift to get to work with folks like this um, and um, collaborate with humans um, and support brands that I really believe in. And um, and I hope you all love them just as much as I do. So again, um, the codes for Dame for all of your fun vibes and pleasure-filled experiences um, is Amanda10. And for my laurels, um, for all those safer sex practices so you can have all the pleasure-filled shindigs that you want um, is Amanda 10 too. Happy shopping babes and happy motherfucking pride. So anyways, all this is to say, like, I'm, I I think it's so important. We started with this and shared this because like relationships are not linear. And I think, yes, sometimes like breaks or forever breaks are important. Also, I don't know, like people are humans, you know, like people are just, we are, we're fucked up, like trying to figure it out, you know, like beings. And sometimes often we don't get it quote right, or we get it right for ourselves, but not right in the context of the relationship. And when we just hold on to these, like these momentary rifts, instead of seeing the bigger picture or choosing grace, like it, it, I don't know. It it leaves us closed off to like the possibility of what could come. And also, I just don't think that's realistic for any long-term relationship. And you're way more qualified to talk about this than I am. But like in my own lived experience, like, you know, we're going to hurt the people we love. We just are. And and how we show up in the context of that, like that's going to determine the health of our relationships and the the depth and the possibility of them. And like, I wouldn't be sitting here with you having this conversation. I wouldn't have literally had you on fucking speed dial for the last couple of months. Like 
And that would have just been such a, like, a tragedy, like a true tragedy. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> who, um, to think that, uh, you should wow. have known better. Why did you get the tissues for this motherfucker? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I, um, <laughs> I, I think that part of what, um, was really hard about all of this was that we were so, um, public about our friendship and our yeah. work together that when that went away, both in my private life and in my public life, I was getting asked about you. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I wanted to be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, like do I, and of course, like the, these humans that were asking were truly like, I, I, I don't think it was out of like, oh, tell me so I can gossip. Like, I, I really do think that it was out of like, this person was so present in your life. And like, all of a sudden they're not. Um, and it, after we met that day, I called my mom and my brother in the car. Um, and I just sobbed as I was driving, telling them what had happened. And then I met my three partners for dinner in Brooklyn and I told them the story and I proceeded to cry again. Um, and it, it was really healing for me too. It was really healing for me too. Um, I like you am usually the one that is initiating or showing up for the healing. Um, and I, that the leap of faith that you took in sending that text and then actually showing up that day, I don't know how else to say it, but like it, it felt like you believed in me. Like you knew that this chunk of time in 2020 that led to our break was not who I am and not the person that I strive to be. And you believed that even though you didn't see it at that time. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right. <sighs> the tears are real and it's true. I do. <sighs> I do. You. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be with you and Same. in your world if I didn't believe in you. And if I didn't believe in what I know is your heart and the core of who you are, um, you know, and it's why you know, we champion each other. So goddamn hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was really hard. I mean, like I, it, you went through so much, you know, while we were not talking and like, frankly, as we were just starting to rebuild and like not yeah. knowing how to show up for you or in what capacity or like this, yeah. uh, messy middle, um, yeah, of, of rebuilding something <laughs> all the meanwhile, I'm watching you go through literal hell and 
like this paralyzation of like, she doesn't have the bandwidth to tell me how to help her right now. And yet I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that I've learned as we have started, not start as we have been rebuilding is, um, that, you know, <laughs> if you want to connect, connect, like mm-hmm. if you want to call someone, call someone, let them set mm-hmm. their own boundary. They cannot pick up the phone. They cannot respond to the text. Oh my they gosh. Can, yes. Right. Like, and I think this was such a big part of like our downfall, honestly, in a lot of ways is like, uh-huh. we both are recovering people pleasers. We both are people who just like give so much to the people we love and think that like, we know exactly what that's going to look like or can be like, instead of like, I don't know, like uh, finding, yeah. Like being able to trust that the other person can set it on their own. And frankly, I think like the break allowed us to like see each other as these like strong motherfucker, like individuals who have that capacity instead of being like, I need to save you, which frankly, like, I think we both did that a lot. Like, and we both kind of needed to be saved by the other person a lot. And yeah, but now it's like, we're showing up for each other, not as this, like, I'm going to save you, but like, how can I support you based on the things you're telling me that you need, which like is what fucking mother, it turns out motherfucking healthy relationships are built (laughs) on. (laughs) And, um, you know, why didn't anyone teach us that in school bitches? Cause I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm a fucking therapist and like, I, I teach it. Like I teach it to other people. And this is just such a great example of like, we cannot see ourselves. Like we need people in our lives to reflect back to us what they're seeing because we cannot like, all of what you just said, I know academically. Yeah. Like, right. Like I I absolutely, and can spot it from a mile away. So much easier to see other people. But for myself, no, that's not me. (laughs) Absolutely not. And And you had resistance. Like when I would do that, I'd be like, are you noticing this pattern about you, Rach? And you'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then like two months later, you'd be like, Hey, remember that thing you said? Can we talk about it some more? And I'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. But it's hard. And like, it's hard. That's the other thing is like trusting, having people in your life that you trust enough to believe when they say those things, mm. you know, like, and yes. not taking it as criticism. It's, yes. it's saying, I'm noticing this pattern and I want to I want to just hold up the mirror and, and ask you if, if you're experiencing it, cause this is what I'm seeing. That's not a criticism. That's not an attack. That's not a, you fucking suck. That's like, literally I'm seeing this and I want to know what's up. Yeah. I think for me, that's why our relationship taking a break the way it did, like It was truly, I would say, and I can confidently say like the most heartbreak I have ever felt because I've never had that depth in a relationship ever, to be quite frank. Like, 
I've had it in, in waves and Mm -hmm. in, in lots of beautiful spaces, but, um, the way that we were able to meet each other in all ways and be partners in so many ways in life. And the lack of Um, judgment, the lack of judgment, the just like deep vulnerable shit and like being able to sift through conflict, not conflict necessarily that we were like navigating, but like conversations and like being able to like, (laughs) yeah, here and there, but like mostly it was just like curiosity. That's what it felt like for me, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, like, I don't understand this or why is this happening? Like, can we share more about this? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but having like my desire of how I want someone to meet me be met, you know, like, and then the minute that stopped happening for both of us, it was like, Oh, and then, and then not having you at all in my life. It was just like, honestly, I was like, am I ever going to have relationships Mm -hmm. that are at the level of which I want them to exist that have the depth of which matter to me where there is the ability to move through like conflict resolution and like where you can be fully seen by a person because I have some motherfucking high standards you know and I'm I'm gonna say it like I do because I I care about how I'm treated you know and I care about the the types of relationships that I have and I knew I knew that I was just like losing something really really special and that felt really really hard um and so to then now be here yeah, it's like, it doesn't shock me. And also it's like a pinch me moment all at the same time. 100%. It, the and there is so real. And the, it, yeah, yeah, I've, I've nothing else to add. I'm just, yes. I love you. I love you too. That's all I have to add to that. Okay, so uh, I think like, I guess, because the last time you were on the pod, like you, like you said, you had one partner, you were coming out as bi. Um, and like had just started your non-monogamy mm-hmm. journey. So like, obviously <laughs> we both have experienced very different things, also live very differently within our own identities potentially. So like, can you share a little bit about like what that journey has looked like for you? And obviously like that has been a part of it has been with each other, like as platonic life partners, but also you have a whole different scenario now. <laughs> I do. I In do. Your world. Yeah. I do. And I think you can attest. I, you're the only person that can actually fully attest to this. When I tell people, and I'll I'll get into what I'm talking about, but when I tell people my current r- relationship, romantic and sexual relationship setup, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, is that what you were looking for? And when I <laughs> tell people, like, no, never in my wildest imagination could I have come up with this they're like but really are you sure and I'm like no I swear to you this can tell you in good faith what I was looking for we will put it on the record on this episode that um yeah this was not what you were thinking would happen ever thank you thank you I'm just gonna put that I'm gonna play that for people because I really like people doubt when I say that they're like it doesn't just happen. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It did. It a hundred percent just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really did. Um, okay. So let's go back. Kyle and I, Kyle is my, uh, um, I don't even know what word mm-hmm. to use anymore. Um, yeah. Kyle is one of my partners. He has been my partner since forever. Uh, we've been together about a decade. 
Um, and it was just me and Kyle at the time. And we quote unquote opened up our relationship and, um, I, I dated, I dated men. I dated, I don't know if you can call it dating women. Uh, I, (laughs) (laughs) I had some crushes intensely on woman. Oh my Um, God. Chuckling so hard. That took up all of my, uh, took up all your brain space. (laughs) That took up all of my space for anyone with a vulva. That was the only good process. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, but if you are, you know who you are. Uh, I think maybe she doesn't, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, So then uh, COVID hit and, you know, at that point I had just recently come out as polyamorous uh, publicly. The way that I came out publicly was that I wrote an article for shape um, about my first polyamorous breakup. And I had been seeing a guy for, I think about six months ish. Um, and we would get together about biweekly and have overnights. And it was really wonderful. It was, he was fantastic. And, um, our, as, as my friend, John would describe it, our connection outgrew the container that we had set, uh, and his Ooh, partner. Wait, can you say that again? Cause that is, that is a, that is a bite. I love that. Yeah. I can't take credit. John Romanello. Um, the connection outgrew the container that mm, we had set so up. Good. So yes, good. So good. Right. And Feel his that primary on so partner, many levels. <laughs> mm-hmm. his primary partner, who is actually no longer his primary partner, which is a whole other story, um, requested that he end our relationship. Um, this is what's called the veto power in the non-monogamy world. And he did. He, and he shared with me that like, that was 95% of why this was ending. Um, I also got the other five and it was good. It felt like an exit interview. You know, I like learned what I could do better next time. Um, so that ended. And so I wrote this article because I was so heartbroken and here I am living with Kyle and my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And I'm grieving this relationship in front of Kyle. And I'm like, this is awkward as fuck. Like, I don't know. Do I, do I like tell him how I'm feeling? Is this like rude? I, you know, nobody tells you this stuff. Um, and so I, I wrote this, this article is almost like catharsis. Like it was just, I needed to put down on paper what I was feeling. And my editor was like, this is incredible. Can we publish it? And I was like, okay. Mm. Uh, so I, I came so. out publicly <laughs> and I, right before that article came out, I told everyone in my family and like, you know, a handful of very close friends so that they didn't find out via shape. I will never forget like you sending me the, like, this is what I'm thinking of sending to people. Like, do you, do you think it's good? (laughs) And I was like, this is so thoughtfully put together. Of course it's good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a letter to a bunch of people in my family. Um, so yeah, that happened and my life really changed from there. Um, similar to when I came out as by publicly, um, 
it really shifted how I operated in the world. It was this uh, sensation of not having to hide any part of me. Because at this point, I had talked about my sexual orientation and I had, uh, you know, and I talked about being polyamorous and not just practicing non-monogamy, but that I feel polyamorous as an orientation. And like, just as much as I have red hair and curves and am Mm. queer, I'm polyamorous. Mm. And not everybody experiences it like that. And that's totally okay. For me, it's not a matter of, do you want to practice this thing? It's, this is how I have always been. And I was practicing something that was not in alignment with who I was. I was practicing monogamy and kind of being shitty at it, if we're being honest. And like Um, living in a very like comp hat, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, normative, like structure system, all sorts of stuff. Totally. I mean, Kyle was the longest romantic and sexual partner that I had where there was no, what we would consider cheating in our culture and no, um, oh, I have to break up with this person because I am interested in pursuing something with someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was because on our very first date, we had had this conversation around like, we don't want to be monogamous forever. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, so knowing that that was on the table and that I could come to him at any point and say, Hey, you remember that conversation? (laughs) Like, let's have another one about it. Yeah. Um, it gave me a lot of peace. So anyway, after this breakup, um, it wasn't long after that, that COVID hit. Um, so here I was like, super excited to be like publicly out as polyamorous. And then it was like, and don't see anyone even that, you know, let Honestly, alone we were having from the, the same internet. experience. Cause I think I came out publicly like the fall of 2019 too, yeah, as Polly. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look back at the podcast episode. <laughs> it was episode 101. I know that, but like, um, yeah. And then it was like, I'm so ready. Like I've been in a relationship and then it was like that relationship ended. And then I was like, I'm dating. I feel great. And then, it and was then like, COVID. COVID. We've been on three dates. Do we keep seeing each other or is this really not smart? I guess I'll see you on the other side of this two week shutdown. Oh snap. Never mind. Yeah. Remember when we thought it was two weeks? That was a funny time. That was so Uh, weird. So when COVID hit, you know, I... I very much was someone who, uh, leaned towards safety. So I had been staying home for almost a week before the lockdown went into place. Um, I knew that I could spread this to people who were immunocompromised. And so I, I chose to stay home before we were mandated to stay home. Um, and the, sex positive organization that Kyle and I were a part of at the time. We're like, Oh, everybody's stuck at home. We're going to move our entire membership onto WhatsApp and have super sexy, horny chats. Uh, since no one can get together. Let's all get off. Yes. Exactly. And so I joined and, uh, 
I was on it. I I'll never forget it. I was like, I feel like I felt like a 13 year old kid that was like in an AIM chat room where yeah. I like, wasn't supposed to be. I was like, look at all the sexy naked like people. chat roulette where you would like, yes. See just like dicks, dicks all the time. Just all dicks. <laughs> I, I was like such a prude, like back in the day, like I could not even like contemplate going on chat roulette, but my friends would like show me these pictures. I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see <laughs> penises take them out of my face I should have known then lol right. uh, oh, that's really funny so I'm in this chat room and like there are plenty of attractive people posting a lot of stuff and they would have like these theme days like post a shower butt photo like it was a they were really trying to curate like a fun time because we were all stuck and someone who is now my partner, uh, his name is Yair. Um, he was posting things, photos, text, whatever, something about it was like, I don't even know. I I tried it. Like I've told this story like a thousand times and I still Mm. cannot put my finger on what it was. There were plenty of hot people in this chat. It was not like, you know, and the only attractive person that I saw, like, that was not it, but there was something in me that was like, Rachel, you need to write this guy. Well, you have like a similar to me, like we both sense energy, like yes. from photos, from things like in a yeah. way that like, I don't think a, a lot of other people in my life, like don't. And I'm just yeah. like, wait, you don't see that. And so yes. it's, yeah, I, that to me that tracks because I completely understand how that happened <laughs> knowing you. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I write him and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Rachel. And like, I had not written anyone from like, not one person. I was super awkward. Cause I had never done it. And I was like, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Rachel. It's, uh, I've never done this before. And like, I was getting over COVID at the time that I wrote him, I had it in March of 2020. And I remember him saying like, oh, I'm going to go finish up Ozark with Ashley. And I was like, oh, he's partnered. Like, I didn't know that he was partnered because I, why would I know that of him just posting pictures of himself? Um, and I thought like, oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll keep talking. And a couple of days later, we had been texting and Ashley wrote me and said, hi, I'm Yair's wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I Hello. looked, I looked at her photo on WhatsApp and I was like, oh shit. Like she, were you like nervous that the reason she was reaching out was because like, he may be like, if, if, especially with that initial yes. message was yes. that like, he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing, you know? Cause that's yeah. like, I feel like so many people hear that and are like, oh wait, like what? <laughs> am I in trouble? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like teacher. Uh, yes. I felt God. that for a minute, which is really funny now because that is kind of the energy that, that Ash can have sometimes, even when she doesn't intend to. Um, so yes, I, I felt a bit of that. Um, but the next message was, I just looked at your Instagram, you're gorgeous. Mm. Um, and I really love your energy or something like that. And I was like, Oh, she okay. Like, all right. mark. so I am one-on-one now talking to Yair and talking to Ashley another couple of days go by. And I remember thinking in my head, like, 
Ashley and Kyle would be like two fucking peas in a pod. Like I have to get Kyle involved in this conversation. So I am on now a group chat with me, Ashley and Yair. And I ask them, Hey, can I have my person, Kyle? I'm just going to call him that now. Uh, (laughs) Kyle, come on, come into the group chat. And they were like, sure. Why not? Like whatever. And immediately the four of us had this incredible conversation, banter, jokes, serious, like it had, it felt as though we had known each other for decades. Like it felt as though we had known each other longer than I had been alive (laughs) at that time. Um, and we have not stopped talking since. So fast forward, and now we all live in a house together. Um, we started as two married couples that were dating each other, essentially. And now mm-hmm. we are non-hierarchical between the four of us, meaning that Ashley and I to Yair and Ashley and I to Kyle are the same in terms of prioritization and labels and, um, time and, and everything. Um, and Kyle, Ashley and Yair are equal and the same to me and all the, all the way around, Mm -hmm. um, Yair and Kyle are not sexually or romantically involved, but they do call each other partners because we share finances and we share life and Mm -hmm. they're just as involved in each other's lives as the rest of us. They just don't have sex one-on-one like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so they call each other partners, but that's the first question I get asked is like, are they fucking? (laughs) Yeah. It's so always so interesting. Like the, like most curiosity peaked questions that yeah, everyone gets that tracks that that's at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. So now I have three primary partners and, uh, yeah, it's been incredible. And now we're in this interesting transition phase of, you know, because of COVID, um, we were essentially monogamous between the four of us for almost two years. No, for two years. Like we were monogamous. But yeah. 100%. And, and, well, within the context. Yes, people here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. What the, is the term the, again? I, I, poly I did a whole podcast. Thank you. I was like, I did a whole podcast episode about this. I should remember yeah, my brain as much. I'm on day two of my period. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, none of the four of us were dating or sleeping with or whatever with other people. Um, and so now we're in this phase of we are starting to date and we are starting to see other people. And, you know, play parties are back in the schedule. And wow, this is an interesting phase of transition and discussion and, you know, navigation and exploration and like all of the things, positive, negative, neutral, front side, backside, upside down. Like I, I have felt every emotion you could possibly imagine in the last four weeks, I would say, um, you know, getting back on field, which is a, sex positive dating app, uh, has been wild. Um, my Instagram grew significantly over this time. So now I'm getting like DM slides from people, which is like, not something that I was used to before. Uh, yeah. So So that's kind of the catch up. 
I've had that with me too a few times and I'm always like, this is so weird. Also like the power dynamics of that freak me out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Especially when you're like an Euclid leading from like an education standpoint or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, and would you like from an identity standpoint, do you feel still rooted in the identity labels that were feeling so good and liberating for you when you first started coming out? Like, you were using like bisexual polyamorous I know like we've talked about this individually but yeah no the answer is no um I don't identify as bi anymore I will I identify as queer um I think the closest term if you're trying if you're like no give me one that ends in sexual it would be pansexual um and I'm attracted to humans you know I'm attracted to energy and I don't really care what genitalia you have like that's not why just like like it wasn't pictures of Yair's penis that made me want to write him on whatsapp like it was his energy um so yeah so queer and I definitely do consider myself polyamorous given you know I love three people (laughs) that I live with Um, but also just more of the umbrella of non-monogamy because the way that I practice non-monogamy can look different, you know, depending on where you are. Yeah. Yeah, Like if I'm at a play party, I'm not being polyamorous. I'm doing something else like it, but it's certainly not love. Like, so the idea of just kind of, I identify as polyamorous and that doesn't mean that every date I go on, I'm looking for love. Yeah. And also that it's, that it's not okay for you to have more of like a friends with benefits or like a one night stand or casual situation. Like I think, I think because especially like in polyamorous communities from like long-term, there's been this like push away of like talking about like, it only is sexual because that's what like the media and society Mm -hmm. has like deemed like what is it is the reason to be polyamorous. So of course there's this push towards like, no, it's like having the capacity to love multiple people or have non-traditional relationship models that just serve us and more of a community experience uh-huh. like you've so like intensely and beautifully created for yourself <laughs> over the last two years. Wild. Um, which frankly, like you also had in very other ways, like with us and with Kyle beforehand oh, and yeah. living with your brother, like you, you yep. know, you've always had a very community oriented Mm-hmm. Um, way of Existence. wanting to navigate the world. Yeah. Um, and also like, I just want to say like, if you are a polyamorous person listening to this, you have that capacity, like, yeah, you will get that casual sex. If that feels right to you, if that's something that's exciting to you, like you do those play parties, like, of course, within the context of like your agreements within your relationships mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, like it, one doesn't negate it's like, it's exactly. always the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's why Yeah. And that's why I hesitate to use the term polyamorous publicly, like before someone knows me, because I think Mm. I have had a couple people have a perception and assumption that that means that every Mm. person that I want to go on a date with, I am looking for a long-term love relationship. And Mm. that felt really limiting. I also didn't want to mislead people. Like, you know, if I am looking for something casual and this person sees polyamorous and assumes, oh, she's looking for a long-term love partner. Like then, so I, I use the term non-monogamous generally more publicly now. Um, 
but I would say that my orientation is certainly polyamorous. I so appreciate you saying that. I think that's something that we've talked about a lot. And also like, I've been thinking about a lot within my own lived experience too, like in the non-monogamous world for the last four years. Cause I had just like, I just held on to polyamorous as this, like this Mm -hmm. pillar almost because of the nature of my relationships and like how I kind of stumbled into non-monogamy, which mm-hmm. I've talked about on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go back to episode 101 or 105, like all of that's unloaded there. But like I now, when I think about like identifying markers, which I'm actually moving kind of far away from it, just generally, like I'm like, there's, I don't really feel the need to like label myself. I feel much more rooted in my queerness and just my non-traditional Amanda self, like mm-hmm. just moving through life with the waves. And also I really, really feel aligned with, with queer, like just being called and feeling queer. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is who I feel like I am at my core, both like within the relationships I want to hold and cultivate. And also just my political like way of moving through life. It just feels very much aligned. And also the like rebel in me will always, always feel pulled to bisexual because I feel like there's such a stigma attached to what it is. And actually Mm. so many misconceptions about the fact that it's like you're 50% pulled towards men, 50% pulled towards women. And I'm like, no, no, no. Bisexual means that you are attracted to your gender and other, all the other genders like on the planet, you know, it's like, I just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, parallel to pan, right? Like mm-hmm. I just see them as interchangeable and I'm like, we got to like, let the bi folks feel seen. So I'm like my rebel self will do that. Um, and feel, feel so pulled to that. And also I think like really at the end of the day, my identity, when it comes to like how I want to do relationships is actually just like deeply a relationship anarchist. Like mm-hmm. it, my relationship structures can and will look different depending on the people mm-hmm. that I am cultivating intimate, deep relationships with. And that might mean that I am in polyamorous dynamics where I have, you know, a nesting partner and a non-nesting partner or multiple partners. I don't tend to have capacity for more than like two or three because I have a lot of like soul human friends that I maintain relationships with in a substantial way like you, Um, you know, so like that feels like that, you know, can and has existed. And also like I could envision more of like a primary partnership where it's like more monogamish or Mm -hmm. open or whatever, Um, you know, and I'm just kind of like whatever makes sense within the context of the people like that. But for me, it's the tenets of, you know, just people not having this inherent like hierarchy because you're sleeping with them. That's always been true for me, right? That is just a reflection of how I've always felt. And, you know, that, that, I want more of a community, like love centered, uh, and you know, relationship model, you know, where my intimacy within my friendships does and can exist. And it's not seen as this like, mm, like fucked up way of operating or just like, Ooh, weird. You kiss your friends on the mouth. Yes, I do. Like (laughs) like, if they want it, (laughs) 
it'll happen like yeah weird you go to like saunas and sit naked with your friends yes yes what I have in fact done that and like it's not yes we have weird like no and it's not sexual like that's the other correct I I really relate to what you're saying about relationship anarchy because at my core that is um that's a value of mine is like the the principles of relationship anarchy and I think that because of the people in my life and because of the relationship structure that I have, it's important for me to be pretty explicit with potential other partners, whether, and I use that in both the capital P way and the lowercase P way, whether that's like a a casual play partner or a partner, like whatever type of partner, um, it's important for me that that person or those people know that the three people that I live with do take priority over other relationships that I may cultivate. And that's not to say that they take more priority over my long-term friendships, my long-term platonic relationships, right? Like if you needed something and someone here needed something, they're going to get equal amounts of attention. They're not going to get like, well, uh, I lick her vulva and and I don't lick yours. So like, I'll call you in two days. Like, that's not how I operate. So I, I, um, same <laughs> like the the existing relationships in my life are are pretty much like that. Um, yeah. but I think it's important for me with new people that they know that this home mm-hmm. and my family, and you know, you you are also my family. Like, yeah, I like use your that, your family is in a big way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, we'll we'll take priority, and that's not because I don't value them, that's not because I don't respect them. Um, in fact, it's the opposite. It's that I respect and value humans so much that I want to set up appropriate mm. expectations. I so appreciate you saying this because I think this is something that a lot of people do not do well. Like, and and I understand why, like, we just want to like be so kind to everybody and like mm-hmm. give everybody everything we can, right? And also like we're only fucking like one person. We have so much capacity, so much time, so much energy. And like at the end of the day, yes, you do have to prioritize things in your life. You have to prioritize people, work, uh, your health, like whatever. And being able to communicate that to people is so huge. And I, I love that you're like leading from the front in that. So that's so great. And I appreciate you saying that because I think that that's something that I, really, really work to do all the time. And also it's, it's hard when like not a lot of people model it because mm-hmm. you're, you feel kind of alone yeah. in that. I don't know. I yeah. have, and no, sure I have, listening have felt that way too. Yeah. And you know, sometimes when I lead with very much, I mean, you know, this about me, Amanda, but like, I, I will name things that other people may not name that are either in the room or what I'm feeling, or, um, you know, I noticed this and I want to acknowledge X, Y, Z. And for some people that's incredibly off-putting, like incredibly Mm off-putting. Um, I'm also super feelings forward. Like if I am feeling love, if I am feeling Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, if I am feeling desire, if I am feeling anxious, like whatever the emotion is, I will communicate that to anyone that is in my current sphere, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's very important information for people to know. 
if I didn't sleep well last night and I'm feeling like a cranky bitch today, I want to tell you that if I know that we're going to be talking so that if you hear my tone, be a cranky bitch, you're like, oh yeah, she didn't sleep well last night. And you're not yeah. like, why is Rachel talking to me like a cranky bitch? Yeah. Like, and, and for but some also, people, it's like, why are you me, telling me that? I would just be like, why are you speaking like a cranky bitch? And you'd be right. like, I didn't sleep well. And I'd be like, cool, cool. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> <Crank> bitch away. <laughs> but you're, I think that that has, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you're the same way in that way. And I think that that's why yeah. you would ask. And I think that for a lot of people, it becomes, what did I do to deserve receiving this tone? Or what did I do that this person isn't texting me back right away. You know, yeah, like people take everything so personally. And like yes. I've done it a million times for well, sure. We all have. Yeah. yeah, we all have. And like, you know, that's something too that I have learned is uh really prevalent in monogamous culture that like I'm really happy isn't in non-monogamous culture. Not to say it's not present, but it's less present. This idea of like, if they want you, they will pursue you and they will call you and they will text you. Mm. Like people have fucking shit going on. Yeah. Like we all have lives. Like if you want something, ask for it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So like this idea of like, I'm going to sit at home and twiddle my thumbs until this person that I have a crush on texts me. Mm. And because they're not texting me, I am going to put meaning and assign the meaning to that, that they're not interested in me. Well, and it also like gives your power away, right? Yeah. If you think of it from like a power dynamic standpoint, which I've been thinking about like so much in the world, generally speaking Mm. around that Mm -hmm. for the last like multiple years, it's like, oh, wait, like I, if I want something, I'm going to ask for it. And if they are not willing to meet me there, that gives me really helpful information But like, I actually just did this in like a newer relationship that I'm building. I was like, I'd like to see you this week. And they were like, great. When do you want to hang out? And I was like, wow, that was so hard. So easy. (laughs) But I I even had the moment before of like, am I being too much? Mm. Am I, you know, which is like such a, like Amanda, you know, old trauma, same current trauma. I have the same. Yes. Um, shit it's being sort of like, am I asking for too much? Are my needs, are me just asking for basic, like get to know you needs too much? Um, you know, which is also, I think an important part of the the story there. Right. And why yeah. we, so many people aren't able to move from that space without like a lot of resistance. And like, it still takes me like like, I'm like, I know myself, I feel good in this. I know this is how, but, but it, I noticed the like PTSD, yes. like start to come yeah. up to the surface and like my body react. And it's like, it's going to be okay because you know yourself now and you know what you deserve. And if they can't meet you even close to like, even if it's the bare minimum, then it's like, that tells you information that you might not, this might not be a person for you, or yep. maybe they're just like, you got to like take it back a notch in your expectations and adjust to how you want to categorize this relationship or whatever the fuck in your brain. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think that that's the key. What you just said is that it doesn't make them a bad person because they cannot meet your needs or they cannot meet my needs. Like if I have a need to, te- this is totally a fake example, but if I have a need to text three times a day, like mm-hmm. one, three times a day, <laughs> one, two, three, it, one, two, three at any time in the day. And someone has a life where let's say they can text once per day. 
Mm-hmm. And I decide that that is not going to work for me. That doesn't mean that they're a shitty person because they yeah. can change their life to text yeah. me three it times. It just means that you guys aren't compatible. <laughs> right. And that may be compatible for right now because yeah. maybe they have something going on in their life where they can't. And then all of a sudden, four months later, they're like, oh, oh hey, you, are you still available? I can text five times a day, you know? And they're like knocking mm-hmm. on the door being like, mm-hmm. I can meet this now. Mm-hmm. And other people can't. Um, and never will. And Mm -hmm. those are also important messages to, to learn and to take. But I think that even saying out loud, you know, I'm perceiving your lack of texting as lack of desire. Yeah. Is there any truth to that? that? Yeah. 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 And let the person be like, oh shit, are you serious? I was just waiting for you to text me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, Hey, I've actually just been like really present during my weekend. And I kept like feeling like, Oh, do I need to text this person for them to feel okay? Probably not. Cause they're great. And like, I'll check in with them on Monday or whatever, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Mm. So good. So, so healthy. So important. Also so hard. It's so outside, so outside of what we've been like programmed to believe. Yes, is the norm, which is also coming back full circle to like, as we're like starting to wrap this up, like coming back full circle to what, you know, we started this episode with and what so much of this episode has been about. And like, just this conversation with you, it's like, what (laughs) we're constantly evolving people, humans. Mm -hmm. And also I believe, and I've shared a lot about this recently on the podcast that like, it's really just about like coming home to yourself and like this unlearning process. And sometimes identities feel really good for a moment. Sometimes they feel really good for a lifetime. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people feel really good for a moment. Sometimes they feel really good for a lifetime, even if there are breaks, even if there are adjustments. And I just so appreciate you and the waves that have been our relationship dynamics and how we've supported each other from afar at times when we haven't been Mm -hmm. able to support each other and also up close through all of the waves. Um, So many waves. So many. And um, I truly, like, I can say this with full certainty that I would not be the person I am today. If you hadn't come into my life, if I hadn't had and continue to have the, Oh God, I'm going to get emotional again. Me um, too. Stop. <laughs> but no, but I mean it like, um, something that I think like, I love so much about being queer and that the queer communities like really champions is this concept of, of platonic life partners and platonic intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I, I like our relationship has just like really, really, really modeled what is possible for me when it comes to all relationships, but especially platonic ones. And it has just been such a like true affirmation for me that like what I've always believed that who, how I've always wanted to be in this world that you know, all of the things that I've always felt about what relationships are supposed to be and feel like, and that I've just been yearning for, like can and do exist. And 
it takes work to cultivate Mm -hmm. them as we've obviously shared. (laughs) Yeah. And also like, I wouldn't trade the waves and all of the things for the world because I just, I feel so validated in my identity and feel so validated in my humanness and yeah. And so much of that is because of our friendship um, and so many other things in my world too. And I just, I so appreciate you. Thank you. I feel the same way. I mean, as we were kind of joking earlier, like I didn't, I didn't even mean to come out publicly and I was on this podcast and came out publicly and then did the same thing with polyamory. And like, you know, it, you both online and offline, um, and in public and in private have just been, I have learned so much from you and continue to, and it is, I wouldn't trade the pain that was the time apart because I truly believe that that has set us up for a lifetime of better. And I am so grateful that you had the courage to reach out and that I had the courage to show up and I'm proud of both of us. And I hope that like anyone listening can, if you're going to take anything away from this, like super long babbly conversation (laughs) is that like things are not final. Like they don't have to be, they don't have to be, you can decide that they are, if that is what is right for you. And that is a valid choice and you can decide that they're not. And Mm -hmm. yes, it takes two people in a, you know, relationships, two people. So both people have to decide that and you can decide that and, and ask for it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the text thing, like ask for it and have that courage and know yourself well enough, work on getting to know yourself well enough to take the steps that feel in alignment with who you are and who you want to be. Yeah. Cause it's worth it. Yeah. And that also goes for like yourself, like outside of relationships, mm-hmm. like changing your identity doesn't mean that you were wrong. It just means that you didn't have the full knowing and the full scope of who you are and the truest expression of yourself. Like, yeah, it's just, you are so nuanced and so beautiful and there's no timeline on figuring that out on figuring out your relationships fully, you know, like, yeah, I love that. And I just wanted to add that little extra layer because I think I know I needed that for me so desperately for so long to just be like, wait, it's okay to be me. Um, and to continue to like, not know or figure it out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. I love you. Thank you for being here. I know it's been a while since you've been on the pod, so I will link all of the, the getting to know you, how you can, you know, get in your sphere more, um, in the show notes and all of that good stuff. Um, but just for everyone listening, if they want to like get onto your Instagram, which is, I know where you spend most of your time. Can you just share your handle and all that? Goodness? Yeah. It's at the right underscore Rachel. So at the W R I G H T underscore R A C H E L. Amazing. Thank you. Love.
I love you so much. Love you so much. Thank you to everyone listening and hope you've had a really amazing pride month and um, just go be you because that's the version of this world that this world needs. So. Amen. A fucking men. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it. Thank you, Rach, so much for coming on and having the courage uh, to share your heart uh, and to show up and um, just for being you. I am wildly fucking grateful uh, for everything that you are and, um, you know, all of the things that uh, folks don't see um, because, you know, y'all see a snippet of our lives um, and the pieces that, you know, we share online are are real and true and authentic. And also there's so much behind the scenes and um, I truly wouldn't be where I am. Ooh, getting emotional again. Um, but I truly wouldn't be where I am um, if it wasn't for, you know, the love and support of folks like Rach in my life um, and the continued uh, pushing um, to be the best version of ourselves that we can be, uh, having hard conversations and loving each other through all of the things because, y'all, we need, we do, we need to be loved that way. Like, fuck. Um, it is community is everything. Um, intimacy is everything. And I hope that, um, you know, you have folks like that in your life. And if you don't, that, um, you're able to open your heart to the potential of that because it is truly just the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and for everything that we talked about in today's episodes, as always, um, you can check it out in the show notes or just head to Amanda Catherine Loy slash podcast slash one four eight. And that's true of every episode in the past, too. So um, you can always find things that way. Um, and as always, as well, too, um, if you are feeling like you want to treat yourself um, and support the podcast in the process, um, you know, you can rock out a uh, uh, sexy sexy toy from our friends over at dame uh truly some of the best folks and um some of the best sex toys in my opinion um and as always use code amanda 10 for that and also as well with the my laurels goodies stay safe have some safer sex fun this pride um go out have a great time and bring my laurels with you my my friends um and use code amanda 10 because get that sexy, sexy time and get it at a discount. Um, we all win that way and it's all beautiful. And as always, always, if you wanted extra, extra support the pod or me on everything coming up, um, which PS we're going to be dropping finally some merch big time. So, um, if you are not on my email list, make sure you hop on there. Um, and as always, um, also I'll be, you know, announcing all the goods on the Instagram over at Amanda Catherine Loy. Um, and yeah, uh, it's going to be really, really fucking great. Um, so stay tuned, but, um, specifically, um, some great, great extra bonus stuff is going to be going on for my folks who are on the Patreon. Um, and really it's just means the absolute world. It helps so much. Um, to be able to continue to do things like this podcast and all of the free content I create for y'all on Instagram and TikTok. Um, So thank you in advance for all of you who are already um, supporters and um, who show up. And if you are, um, you know, supporting in the $5 plus um, monthly situation, um, you get access to my close friends list on Instagram where I share all of the behind the scenes shit that, um, I don't even talk about on the podcast here. It's the day to day stuff. Um, it's the nitty gritty raw, um, dating, 
um, grief, uh, uncoupling, uh, sex shit. <laughs> um, I mean, we go gritty. Um, you thought this was gritty. Uh, we go, we go in a deeper way too, um, on, on there. So, um, if you're not on there and you want, um, just a little more support, um, in your day to day and also want to support the podcast and me and all the work that I do, um, you can just head over to the Patreon. That's again in the show notes, but, or you can just go to patreon.com slash live your fuck yes life and, um, and do that there. I appreciate you all so fucking much. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let Rach know, um, you know, check out, check out her Instagram and, uh, and let her know what resonated with you tag the podcast uh, in your stories and, and let us know. Um, we really love hearing from you. Uh, it truly means the absolute world. Um, just knowing that anything landed for y'all. Um, sometimes it can be a lonely little life over on this side. I'm like sitting here in the dark, <laughs> um, on the Monday night before this goes live, just like chilling with my dogs at my feet. Um, talking to all of you because this is what we do on a Monday night when you own your own business, um, and are also in a slew of a whirlwind of life, um, which I know we all are navigating some shit right now with something in the air. So, um, you know, keep yourself well, um, take care of yourself and please go celebrate yourself this weekend in whatever way feels good. You deserve, um, you deserve some fucking fun in your world and, um, you deserve to let your freak motherfucking flag fly, whatever that looks like for you. Um, for me, that's going to look like dancing up a storm, um, with some really amazing folks and I cannot wait. Um, to finally put on my leather piece that I have been waiting to put on for so long. I'm going to look so fucking fine. And you better believe that that's going to be going up on Instagram at some point. So uh, <laughs> um, I'll see you then um, over there. And in the meantime, um, you know, let this episode, share it with your friends, share it with your platonic life partners, um, share it with the motherfucking world and, um, and all of that good. And until next time... I will see you on the flip side. Bye, loves.